0: Welcome to my podcast, Normally Unstable, where I discuss a variety of topics involving mental health. This is a place where vulnerability is invited and stories are shared. Today, we have my guy, Randall Telfer, with us. What's good, bro? What up, what up, what up? Good to be here. Hey, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, not only did Randall play tight end at USC, but he also got drafted by the Cleveland Browns, and he's also one of my closest childhood friends. So, again, man, thank you for coming today. Absolutely, man. So, yeah, we're both from the IE, from the Inland Empire, yes, Southern sir. California. So, <laughs> what do you remember just about our childhood and just growing up in that
1: area? Uh, Man, you know, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. It's the the, the suburbs, um, you know, east of L.A., so... It was a lot a lot more quiet um you know big heavy emphasis on on high school sports high school football especially um uh, that's kind of how you and i became cool uh, <laughs> because we actually played against each other a couple times one of which uh you know you got the upper hand and that was kind of what, what what springboarded you onto the scene and to be honest i couldn't even be i couldn't be more happy man like i'm glad you know every everything worked out the way it did you know what i mean all the success that you've had so um, yeah, growing up in the IE it was it, it was real chill. Um, made a lot of great friends. Um, a lot of the kids came from really good families, so it was a real
0: solid foundation that that we were able to grow up in. You know. So should I tell a story, or should you, <laughs> or should you tell a story? Like, you, you should tell a story because you always tell it from a great perspective. Yeah, I feel like if you tell the story, you're gonna put does on it. Mm-hmm. But if we're gonna be
1: completely honest, man, my head's still ringing from that game. <laughs> Yeah, so the, I mean, the, the way the way it shook out, uh, you know, we was playing, y'all. I think it was the first round of the of the playoffs. Um, in Seattle our, playoffs. Junior, our junior year. Our junior year, right? correct? Yeah. And you know, our, our coach obviously put a lot of emphasis. You're like, oh yeah, the number two kid, Derek Malone. He's real solid. You know, he plays every position pretty much. Like, you know, be you know, keep your head on the swivel. And I'm like, man, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll be cool, whatever. <laughs> And so I don't really put too much emphasis on it. And so we, you know, we we we, we get going uh, during the game. I, th- I want to say it's like the second quarter, um, and I think we might have been tied up at the time. And my quarterback Greg Watson, another good friend of ours, he he lobs the ball up. We had a play called tight. It was just like a tight end pop pass, but it was in, like the middle of the field. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't a, an ideal place to you know throw, have a play like that. But we, we did anyway. Um, it was high school. We thought we could get away with it. Nah, it wasn't working that way. Derrick decided to come through with the hammer and, like, yeah, yeah, he really, he 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 hit me pretty hard, man. I ain't going to lie to you. And the whole crowd is like, oh, Man,
0: because it was crazy because before that game, everyone was just like, oh, they got Greg, they got Randall, they got SC's going to be there, UCLA's going to be there. And I wasn't even getting looked at that much. Yeah. I and mean, at that point, so I'm like, man, we really got to show out. Like, yeah. we really got to show out. But after that hit, I'm telling you, like, I played a whole season. Like, I was killing it running back, killing it at everything. Every scout kept talking about that one hit. Oh, and then man. after that hit, I was like, in scholarships, <laughs> bro, so I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, whatever,
1: man. Yeah, after that, man, like, that's one thing. Like, things were still going pretty well for me. But, man, no one really let, never let me down but or let it down. But, you know, that's kind of how it goes in football. You kind of remember those those moments. and. You know it is what it is, man. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> unfortunately,
0: I definitely lost that day. So, um, so how was it? Um, well, how was the recruitment process just in general? And you, you know, staying in Southern California and playing at, at USC. How was that? Well, I mean, you know, USC has always been a dream school of mine. So, um, you know,
1: it wasn't it wasn't really a, a you know a crazy huge decision when it came down to it, but. You know, at the time when I first started getting looked at, it was really cool because it was the first time I had even considered a lot of these schools just because they were considering me. And so, you know, my first offer was Stanford. And, of course, you know, you hear about Stanford growing up, and it's like, man, like, that's one of the top schools in the nation. Like yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know what
1: I mean? The fact that they want to, you know, you know, pay for my, my education and I get to play football there, like, it was a huge thing that opened up so many doors and so many different possibilities for, for not only me but for my family, you know what I mean. And so, the whole recruiting process, to be honest, was 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 a real blessing because, um, you know, like I said, it opened up a lot of doors from from my family and I, and I got to experience a lot of things and meet a lot of different people. And you know, like I said before, when when it came down to it, I, I really, you know, truly in my heart, really wanted to go to USC. Um, there was there was a brief moment in history where Oregon was, was on the table. <laughs> uh, Should have pulled up, man. Yeah. Me
0: and Tony Washington, yeah, him. Yeah,
1: I think. Yeah, I think. I think it would have been cool. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you guys did a lot of great things there. Um, and the camaraderie that you guys built, second to none. Um, but, you know, like, you know, down, down, uh, you know, south side of, you know, California and at SC, like, we definitely had, had our fun as well. Um, and like I said before, it's always been a dream school to go there. So, it was kind of a no-brainer. It was close to home. A lot of my family members had already been been going there. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely it was it was an experience on its own. You know, it wasn't the typical you know college town experience, but you know we were in a in a major metropolitan city, um, so that that had its perks on its own. You know what I mean? Well, well yeah,
0: what was some of your like? What was it like there? What was it? What were some of your your experiences like going to school, especially you know USC is a legendary school, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure lights, camera, action, all along with you. How, yeah, so man. what was that experience? Just going yeah, to the so, school? So it was cool. It was um, it was
1: uh. It, it's pretty much exactly the way you would imagine, right? When, when we're still riding the wave of the Reggie Bush and the Matt Liner era, you know what I mean? Obviously, it's we're, we're approaching the shore now. The wave's not as big. But um, at the time when I first got there, we we were still the big dogs in, in L.A., you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the Lakers were only doing all right. I don't even think they were doing that well. You know, UCLA wasn't a huge factor. There were no NFL teams there. The Raiders, the Rams, they weren't there or anything. So, you know, we were kind of you know when it comes to you know championship sports it was it was sc you know what i mean like again we hadn't you know won anything major since 2008 um since the 2008 rose bowl at the time but um it was still a, a really cool experience because living in la there's so many different cultures so many different types of people that you get to to you know intermingle with and i made a lot of friends from all walks of life and People who I never would have even imagined um, that I'd become friends with, because you know, growing up in in the Inland Empire, you know, it's it's almost strictly middle to middle lower class, you know, people, especially where I grew up. You yeah, know, exactly. know what I mean? So, you get to a school like USC, a private school like USC, and now you're you know rubbing elbows with these kids whose parents are multi-millionaires, in some cases billionaires, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so it it kinda opens up a different, you know, world. Um, and it's not that I was, you know, envious of them, but I was I, I was appreciative of the fact that I got to, you know, be around um, you know, those types of people. And not even necessarily necessarily from like an economic standpoint, um, just from like a cultural standpoint. You know what I mean? Like I grew up a certain way, they grew up a certain way. Um, and even the people um, you know across different races and ethnicities that i got to intermingle with um, that again that was another experience on its own you know trying different foods meeting different people um you know kind of hearing different languages a different way people approach school Mm -hmm. um and how they viewed their education at sc you know we all had a different experience but um, it, it was, it had its similarities, but like at the end of the day, like our experiences were different when it comes to different races and ethnicities. And that was interesting to see, you know, who, you know, took it seriously, who did not yeah. who, you know, wanted to stick with their kind, who wanted to branch out, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, a, any type of experience where, uh, I get to, you know, see things that I won't see on a day to day basis, you know, growing up in the Inland Empire, I'm always going to appreciate, you know?
0: Yeah. So you got your degree there, graduated there. You also got your master's there as well? Yeah, so I was fortunate to
1: uh, get my master's degree um, following my undergraduate degree at USC. So the NFL actually has a pretty cool program where it's called Tuition Assistance. And what they'll do is um, if you take a class uh, in really anywhere, it has to be, you know, on it's like they're having like an accredited list. But, you know. If it's a, a, a four-year university, they're usually on that list. You, so if you take classes and you, you get a C or better, um, they'll actually reimburse you for, you know, the whole tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of saw it as a no-brainer because, you know, SC being as expensive as it is, yeah. I was like, you know what, I, I definitely want to pursue a another degree, but, you know, the way that, that, that price tag is looking, I don't know how feasible <laughs> that is. And so... Um, you know, I I had the opportunity to go back in the off seasons and chip away at a master's degree, and in my last season in the NFL is when I finished up my degree, so it worked out worked out pretty well.
0: Yeah, now tell me a little bit more about just the the NFL. It's in general, you know, just transitioning over from a uh a grade school like USC, then getting drafted, going to the pros. What was what was this that transition? What was the recruit like? What was that process? The scouting process like like. What was the what was the the combine like? What was just that whole what was draft day like? What Was that whole yeah and like just from even from a mental capacity
1: yeah
0: because um, I know those those times could definitely be be stressful yeah um, so what was that experience like for you? So um it was
1: it was a little draining and a little exhausting um because it was it was a whole new frontier that. I don't want to say I hadn't prepared for, it, but I don't even really know if there's anything that can prepare you for that process. Yeah. Um, going from high school to the to college, it was a little different because so many teams wanted you. You were so in control of your destiny; you could choose where you wanted to go. You can, you know, decide what position you wanted to play, and you know a, li- a little bit more of the process was in your control. You can decide which team, which schools you wanted to visit, which ones, which schools you wanted to entertain but when it comes to the NFL man that process is it's really like like a job interview but it's 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 more like a job fair where you you meet with a, a bunch of different NFL teams and and they kind of they kind of make the decision for the the well-being of their organization right so it kind of takes a lot of the the power and the control out of you know the hands of the athletes and um you know I don't know if it's if it's a good thing or a bad thing but it definitely humbles you you know what I mean where like I said before, going from from high school to college, you get a little bit more in control. Um, and so you kind of have a certain swagger about yourself that um, you, I don't want to say you lose when you're going from college to NFL, but it's just a different type of way you need to, to, to move. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so <clears throat> the whole process was interesting is because now when money's involved, um, it's sort of like uh, a business deal. You know what I mean? Um, the coaches, they, they talk to you as more of an asset, you know, rather than like, not necessarily like a, more rather than a human, but like the way they talk to you is like, well, what can you do for us? Like, how, what do you bring to the table? Right. And you're, you're, you're constantly trying to prove yourself. Right. Um, and, you know, my last game in college football, um, unfortunately I hurt my foot. Oh, and so, yeah, my, my draft stock plummeted. Pretty drastically, so I was out for a year, and so um, the anxiety started to set in, um, the uncertainty, the lack of confidence, the lack of self-esteem, um, you know, a bunch of things started to started to flood my mind, and um, it became really difficult. You know, what I mean, I know there's a lot of guys who unfortunately might get hurt towards the the, the last uh, game of their their college career, um, and it's you know in in some cases you know it, situations like that you can't really control you know what i mean injuries obviously like you want to you know mitigate as much as possible but these are the cards i've been and i got to kind of you know do what i can to you know to put myself in the best position
0: to succeed but, but like how did, how'd you get through that like mentally but like how was how yeah how'd you what what type of thoughts you need know, you have some anxiety going through your mind you have that doubt going through your mind how'd you get through it well like was it tough? Did you? What was going? Yeah. What was this going through your mind, just in general?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was pretty tough. Um, because it was. It was a little bit of an excitement that I was. I was transitioning from college to the NFL. It was, I had a lot of anxiety um, because I, there was so much uncertainty, um, and it, it felt a little daunting and a little overwhelming because now here I've got this foot injury, um, and I can't really prove myself the way that i know that i can you know what i mean and so i walk into these interviews with these coaches these these from these storied you know organizations and you know they're asking me questions about like i said before they ask you questions about what what can you do what what value do do, can you provide to our organization Mm. and you know i'm telling them all these things they're like what are you talking about you have a boot on like what are you talking about how can you and having to prove myself, you know, with my mouth rather than f- with my ability on field um, was, was you know, something that I had to deal with that a lot of other players didn't have to deal with because yeah. they were able to participate in the combine. They were able to go to this, you know, senior bowl and showcase their, their skills there. And so um, I kind of had to switch my focus over from, you know, proving myself on the field to proving myself mentally. Yeah. And so that was something that I had to, to, to kind of overcome because, you know, with that whole process, um, it's almost like you're, you go into the the, the scouting combine and it's like, all right, I'm the more in the shape horse than this guy is. I can run faster than this guy. I can do this. I could jump higher. I could jump further. I can, you know, make, you know, change the, you know, you know, uh, direction, you know, quicker in, in, in this drill. Um, and I wasn't, I I wasn't able to do any of that. So it's like, okay, well, how can I prove myself? All right. Mentally, I studied the game as best I possible, as best as possible. So I can impress the coaches and the general managers, um, in the, in the, in the meeting rooms. And so it was, uh, at the time it wasn't as Scary because I figured everyone here was going through this for the first time anyway. Yeah. This is just my way of going through it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, you know, luckily, um, I don't want to say luckily because I, I definitely did work for it, but. Um, I did get that call from from the Cleveland Browns um, that they were drafting me in the sixth round. Yeah, I, I was so
0: hyped when I saw that. Yeah, I was like, "Let's go! We're drafted. Let's, draft Let's go!" Yeah, it.
1: man, it was it was it was an unbelievable experience, and it, it was interesting because I got the calls at home, um, and I was in my boot at the time, and um, my manager was there. You know, a lot of my family members were there, and my dad was actually so excited he started jumping up and down and actually twisted his ankle oh. and had to finish his celebration on the ground because he he, he injured his ankle. And so um, now we're boasting on the couch, you know, in tears, happy, <laughs> and he's got ice in his, on his ankle. Like, I got a boot on my foot. But it was a really cool experience to, to, to go through that. Um, the fact that you know everything that I did up until that point was still worthy to 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 get me drafted. You know what I mean. Yeah. Even given my current you know physical situation, but um, it was it was a really cool experience, man. It was a, it was a, it was an awesome um, moment for myself and for my family, and to see it all come full circle from that first day I put on pads in high school um, to get drafted at that point, and, and now my my parents and my family who are from West Africa, from Ghana, who didn't really pay attention to yeah. American football. Um now they really see the magnitude of it you know what i mean
0: how your how's your family just how your family feel about everything your so pa- your yeah. family back in ghana you yeah. know your 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 immediate family oh yeah man they every they my parents told
1: everybody they told <laughs> <laughs> and they they see it on t v too they've been following me since i got to u s c because a lot of my family in ghana they they know how big of a school USC is and um you know the how big a, a free education is so they they're they're extremely supportive mm-hmm um you know in the the early years when I was playing you know high school ball um my mom didn't want me to play because it was dangerous you know and so for obvious reasons um you know she wasn't on board um immediately but as she saw that I was getting good at it and you know she saw that I really enjoyed it she was like you know let me let me give this a shot you know if my son really enjoys it I love my son I can learn to love the game too so yeah which is what she did and now ever since then she, she you know, especially when I got to college, she went to every single one of my home games and some of the away games that she was able to make it too. Same with my dad. Um they usually rode it together and so um it was it was it was really cool, man. They they're they're on board now. Um they're happy I'm out of the game <laughs> <laughs> unscathed, uh, relatively speaking. And so, um but yeah, they were they were
0: they were two of my biggest fans. And what was the um you know, you, you were in the league for about three years. Um, what was the the hardest part just about yeah. being in, in so, the NFL? Because it was a transition from college, obviously. So what was the hardest part about just being in the NFL and yeah. different
1: experiences? So with the NFL, edif- because the NFL is a business, there's a lot of different challenges that, that go along with it that a lot of different players might encounter throughout their entire time in the NFL. And so for me, or a different set of battles each year that I was in the NFL. So that first one, when I got to the NFL, um, was the fact that I was in the building, hanging out with these guys in the locker room, and I wasn't able to play. You know what I mean? So, you know, for the, for the longest time, this sport has you know allowed me to elevate, um, you know, in life and in 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 success. And for the first time, like it feels like I kind of had a little success. Um, in this industry in the nfl but there's an asterisk on it right And so the way i tried to explain it to people was you know if you if you if you have a dream house right mm. pick a dream house It might be in malibu in miami or wherever you know what i mean and then imagine you know your dream car whatever it might be you know you know, you're 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 from Southern California, so it might be a you know a Porsche or something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a convertible, of course. Yeah,
1: some kind of convertible. Let the sun in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, imagine you get like a Porsche 911 sitting sitting in the driveway at that dream house, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of how I viewed getting drafted and being in the NFL. Right? It's you, you, all the dreams and all the hard work that you put in. Like you finally get to see it and live in the house and drive it. But for me, it was a little bit different because I actually wasn't able to step onto the field. Like, it was, it would be a violation for them. So I, oh, could even, I didn't even touch I didn't even grass. A, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah, I couldn't even touch grass for that first year. So I almost felt like every single day I get to get up and go to the facility, but it felt like I was walking by that dream house and only looking th- at it through the gates mm-hmm. and seeing my dream crawl through the gates and I have to keep walking every yeah. day, right? So it was like a constant reminder of what, I couldn't do and how my body failed me at that time. And a lot of athletes go through that because, you know, and I'm sure you can attest to this, like, you know, athletics does a lot of great things for you, right? And yeah. to a certain degree, it kind of validates you and it gives you that confidence and that swagger. And a lot of the values and the morals that you've developed over your life were were developed through athletics, through sports. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I, for that, you know, period of time in my life where, it was kind of taken away from me at a, at a real, you know, pivotal time in my career. It was, it, it kind of threw me for a loop. Um, and so it was kind of difficult to, to manage. And so, um, it was interesting. We actually, we're one of the only teams that has a, has a psychologist on staff. And so, um, I decided actually the, the general manager, the guy who even gave me that call, yeah. he kind of picked up on it. He saw me, he's like, listen, man, like I know you're going through some things like, especially with this injury and I know you want to do this and, you know, I, I told him, you know, exactly how I was feeling. I told him the same, you know, dream house, dream car analogy. And he's like, I I definitely understand that. And, you know, I went through something similar in my career. You know, why don't you sit down with a psychologist? And so right. so I did. I, I, I spoke with them weekly. Um and we kinda the, the goal was really to attack um like the 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 confidence issues because that, that was really what was kind of holding me back, right? And so um you know he and I would meet every week and we kind of just check in um you know see how I was doing what was going on and he had me do a few exercises um one of the big ones uh, that he had me do was he had me go up to the uh the video department and they've got film uh for all the players that uh come through their organization they've got their college film so what okay. you had me do was go up there asking for a, a highlight tape of myself and to keep that highlight tape on my ipad um and every now and then um maybe every couple of days every few days just go ahead and take a look at the highlight tape to kind of reassure and and prove myself that i did belong here right because yeah, for the longest time I, I didn't feel like i belonged you right know what i mean exactly. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't, I didn't feel right. I didn't feel like I belonged I Didn't feel like I was worthy to even be on the same field as some of these guys, you know? Um, and so another one of the things I did uh, was actually uh, take up archery. And that was, that was an interesting, uh, interesting phase. Um, and I actually got pretty good at it. Um, so when I first got there, I kind of felt really alone, you know, I was so far away from home, a lot of guys when they go to college or play college ball some of them might go away from home, so they'll get that away from home training already mm-hmm. um for me i didn't I didn't really get that until the nfl so you know i was really homesick i didn't really have anyone out there it was a big culture shock it was cold yeah <laughs> um so uh I, I was trying to figure out okay well what how can i keep my mind busy like i'm doing everything that i can do football wise you know to to stay on top of the playbook stay on top of you know, the schemes and, 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 and all the things that are being taught to us. Um, but I'm not, you know, able to actually go out on the field and play. So, you know, how else can I, like, make, you know, my mental do some backflips and, and, and stay athletic, so to speak? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so a buddy of mine, Danny Shelton, um, he's kind of like an outdoorsman. He goes fishing. He's like five dogs that like, go, like, hiking all the time. Um, he actually took up archery before me. He actually went out. And, Wait, so he was,
0: he went, went to Washington, right? Yeah, Washington. Oh, yeah, he yeah was the big guy. D-line, yeah, 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 D- yeah. D- yeah, yeah.
1: So he's the one who kind of put me on. So he got, he went and bought a bow, um, and I remember he, he pulled up to the hotel, and he called me. He's like, yo, come outside. And like, I'm like, all right, cool. So I come out, and he opens his trunk, and he's got this compound bow in there. And mm-hmm. the compound bow is pretty much like a a much stronger like higher tech, um, you know, much more modern, uh, form of a bow. Okay. And so he, he pulls it out and I'm like, what did you, this is what you spent that first round money on? Like what, what's going on? He's like, yeah, man, like I I tried it and I loved it. Um, so I bought one. I'm like, all right, cool. So he's like, you want to go check it out? I'm like, well, of course I want to go check it out. Come on. So the hotel we were staying at, there was like a, a, a nearby like forest that we went to go check out. Um, so we went in there, there's like no one in there. Um, he's like, yeah, he showed me how to, you know, hold it, how to how to pull the the string back, um, you know, how to shoot it, how to aim, all that all that stuff. And so, um, very quickly, I was like, this is kind of cool, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a, re- a really big gun fan. Um, I don't like shooting guns. I don't like the idea of them or anything. So, um, the, the the next thing was kind of, you know, this this bow where, you know, it's I feel like i'm a little bit more in control so it's a little safer you know there's no one around like I, it takes more patience and focus and yeah. it's a lot it's really soothing and calming when you when you really when you really pick it up and get good at it and so um like that next week I, remember I went to that 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 same uh bow bow and arrow shop that he went to and i talked to the guy I told him about my experience with danny and they're like oh yeah we love danny he's great <laughs> like, he's the best so I was like, yeah, he's, he's all right, but <laughs> no, nah, Danny's cool. Uh, so he's like, uh, well, you know, what you, would you come in here for? I was like, well, I want, I kind of wanted to test out some of the 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 bows that you guys got. And he's like, okay, cool. Um, so he pulled a couple of them out. He's like, yeah, this is the one that I use. You know, this is the one that Danny bought, but then, then we got this other one. And, and and this one is top of the line, this, that, and the third. And I was like, yeah, I don't need all that. Like, I'm not trying to. You know, I'm not trying to shoot a like, planet down. Like, let me just, <laughs> <A planet. laughs> yeah, just want I just wanna get something, you know, to go out and, and have some fun. So he was like, All right, cool. Well I looked on the wall and I saw uh there's like a all black bow there. I was like, I, what's that one over there? He's like, Oh, that's our and he gave some fancy name for it. It was like a like a tech spider black widow something, I don't know. Um I was like, Yeah, that was that was that was cold. Like, let me let me check that one out. He's like, Oh yeah, that one's that one's nice, but it's you gotta be really strong to, to, to shoot it. And I'm like what, like, you just pull the, it's a string, you just pull it back, he's like, all right, so he tries to pull it back, and he struggles a little bit, um, and he finally gets it pulled back, and he fires it off, he, like, misses the target, and he's like, yeah, these ones are pretty strong, like, it's pretty difficult, he's like, well, you could try it, I was like, all i right right, I'll, I'll check it out, now, I don't want to say I pulled it back with ease, <laughs> but it almost felt like when Harry Potter found the right one oh, you know what i mean you know me? me. that's kind of what it felt yeah. like so so was like, i pulled it back and like i i shot it at the the target and he's like yo have you used this one before i was like you i just you saw yourself pick it off from the wall and put it in my hand. like that's the first <laughs> time i've seen him. he's like yeah like if, i mean if you can handle that that type of you know weight then by all means like this might be the one for you and like it's it's good for bigger wingspans like and you being as you know as big as you are like this might be the right the right bow for you and so you know um so I bought it I I, I got it I got the bows I got the, the the quiver I got the you know some of the other accessories to to, to go out there and I was like you know I, this is something I might just do a couple times here and there but uh, I looked up a, a couple archery ranges and there was one not too far for me um, and I went there and I just you know um, I had some earphone, like one, you know, uh, uh, earphone in my ear, and I was listening to some, like, calming music, and I would just go there and just, you know, shoot some balls at the targets, I mean, some shoot some arrows at the targets, um, and after a while, you know, I will look up, and, you know, it's five hours later, I was like, wow, I've been doing this for this long, like, and it was so soothing and calming because in football, there's a lot of chaos on the field, but also in your mind, right? You're always thinking about plays, thinking about messing up what your coach is going to say what the fans going to say i don't want to upset my team this guy plays really well he might take my head off you know what i mean so there's a lot of chaos that that goes along with football and so to kind of have the 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 antidote to all that you know come from something as obscure you know in my world um like archery um it was it was it was interesting
0: and i i really embraced it And, and when i did that i actually got pretty good wow it's just so random like we we just went uh you just took me uh earlier today and it is so liberating like it's just so free something yeah you just gotta be a natural at it or you're you're just (laughs) not i I mean i did pretty well yeah i think i I think you did all right man I (laughs) i
1: think you did pretty well you know like my first you know couple of times i wasn't the best but um after a while like and the thing is, especially when you've got that athlete mindset that you that you really want to be good at something that you put your mind to, yeah, exactly, you'll you'll get good at it pretty quick, right? Like it, either you can aim or or you can't aim, you know what I mean? And like once you you get that down, then you can kind of like fine tune on the, um, you know the types of equipment that you're uni- using. You can fine tune your form and your posture, and once you get that right, you can kind of you know it, can, it becomes repetitive, you know what I mean? Then you're able to hit the target multiple times, right?
0: Yeah, and so would you say that, like, um, you know, archery is your coping mechanism? I would say um, that it's, it's definitely
1: it's definitely one of them. Um, like I said before, with football um, and my, you know, health situation, um, the way that I was going and uncertainty and the being away from home, the confidence issues, and the things that, are, that were going on in my head um, – how it kinda of just kind of felt like there was like five hundred tabs open in my head, and they were all blinking because they were like all spam, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, so um you know archery um definitely allowed me to close a lot of those tabs and kind of refocus um on myself um and kind of get right with it, you know what I mean, and it might sound cheesy and cliche, but um it's it it definitely helps man when you, when you're at, in touch and in tune with with yourself and um you know you kind of spend time with yourself you learn to fall in love with yourself right like you exactly. learn to look look after yourself and do the things that make you happy do the things that are gonna put you in the best headspace um and you know when when you're in a in an industry like the n f l you're the constant thing is what can I do to um you know, to make more money, or what can I do to make the Pro Bowl? What can I do to, you know, win the game? Which aren't terrible things to strive for. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you're working like a dog for something else, for someone else, you know, it takes a toll on your own mental, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it felt good at that time um, to work hard at something for myself, and that's what Archery brought
0: so tell me a little bit about you know just the uh, that transition you you're, you you decide to retire from the nfl mm-hmm. and then uh you know you obtain your your master's degree mm-hmm. so what do you what was that transition like what are you up to now yeah so the transition
1: was really difficult I'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> yeah. uh, it was really difficult um just because for so long football's kind of it's kind of been my identity and Whenever people say that, whenever I I say that, at least people always look at me like, "Oh no, you're much more than football." I'm like, "Yeah, I understand that. Like, I get, <laughs> I get it." But you know, for everything that I was doing and the the myopic focus that I had in football to in, in, you know improve my game, improve our record, um, you know, improve you know my the, the my per- the perception that I that I was carrying um, in in football. Um, it was it it, w- it was tough because like I kind, of, I kind of felt like now everything that brought me to this point is now being taken away right and it's like i had to start back at square one and it yeah. almost feels like when you're playing monopoly and you like go bankrupt or you know i mean you see one other player start to pull away and like you're losing all your money losing all your property you know what i mean that's you have to start at square one again you know what i mean that's yeah. kind of what it felt like you know what i mean so um it was tough. At first, I was like, you know what? Like, it's just football. Like, I'll be able to get on without it. And then you kind of go through those, like, stages of grief where it's like, okay, well, you think you're fine, and then you start to deny it. And then it's like you go through, like, all these different cycles and these stages, and um, it, it, it definitely gives you an opportunity to really look introspectively at, at, at the type of person that you are. Um, I always feel that, you know, the true test of a, of a person – is how they react to adversity, right? I see. And so that that was one of the most adverse situations that I've ever been in in my life, um, because it was uh, it's a form of loss, you know what I mean? And you know it's a it's a relationship that I that I had that I was cultivating, that I was feeding, that I was um, in a relationship that I was in love um, for 15 years, and in all in one fell swoop, yeah. you know, it's taken away from you, you know what I mean? And so. Um, it was, it was tough. Um, but you know, eventually, um, things, you know, it it does get a little bit better as time goes on. You start to realize, okay, well, um, you know, it was, this isn't all that I can do. This isn't all that I am. And there's, there's more to Randall Telfer. Um, and this is an ongoing book, right? The book's not over. The chapter's over. And so, um, you know i started to you know try some some different things um you know like you said before i, I was able to get a master's degree in, in communication management and that was something that I, I really enjoyed and I actually started a company with one of my boys a, a, a small digital marketing company um that 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 did pretty well um it was a a, a form of digital marketing that neither he or i had really explored mm-hmm. um but we were able to get be profitable from it, and that was that was a cool thing um, eventually I decided, you know, like, this is cool. I got this experience. I learned these new skills. Now what kind of wanted him to take, I wanted, he wanted to take it in a different direction. And I I kind of wanted him to do that too. And so, you know, I branched away from it and uh, I decided, you know, maybe it's time for me to try something new again. And that's kind of what the, um, a lot of the older, you know, veterans who retire, that's kind of what they, they, they preach the younger guys who have to retire early. It's, you know what, like, Try a bunch of different things. See what sticks. See what you like. You know what I mean? Like, it it might seem obscure to you now, but, you know, you you might see that you're really good at it and you really enjoy it. So, the next thing that I got into was um, um, finance. Yeah. Yeah, so, my my dad was actually um, in insurance, um, you know, for quite some time, for about 12 years. And so, I kind of, you know, took after him. Um, He, you know, he sat me down one day and he was like, listen, like, I know, like, this is a whole process that you're going through. Um, but you know, this is something that gave me a lot of joy and you know, you're very personable and I think that you might, you might have a knack for this. And so, um, I was like, all right, you know what? Let me, let me, let me try it out. So I started reading up on it, reading some books, getting as much knowledge as I can, you know, started taking some exams and, um, passing them. Um, and I was fortunate to get, to get a job at, at New York life. Um, you know, working in finance there. And so, um, I, I, I realized a whole new passion and a whole new love, um, that I felt like I had lost once I, I, you know, lost football is that I had a, a strong, you know, empathetic compassion for, um, people who, who didn't really understand finance. Exactly um especially in the african american community I feel like we're we're really underserved and 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 not necessarily uneducated but we just we did we didn't really grow up in these you know with a lot of these you know financially stable sentiments yeah. and so i kind of i that's kind of where I gravitated towards because while I was playing ball in the NFL, I actually did a lot of community service work and um in the greater you know ohio- greater cleveland area and so um I guess that compassion I had for for helping my fellow man kind of transferred over to this new career in finance, to where um, now I have an opportunity to kind of to to break those those cycles um, and kind of uh, you know help families with you know multi generational wealth. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is you know one of the big things that's that's you know kind of plaguing the African American community is is you know that, that the socioeconomic, um, welfare isn't what it needs to be. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of where my, a lot of my focus has been. Um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, when I say that I'm working in finance, like, Oh, you just want the big bucks. Like you're, you're making a lot of money and like, yeah, the money's decent, you know what I mean? But the, the value that I'm bringing to a lot of these people and these families, the education that I'm bringing, um, it far outweighs the compensation that i'm getting and that's what I want that's mm-hmm. what i when I feel like i'm actually making a tangible difference in the world um more so than i felt like i was you know doing when I was playing playing football you know what i mean and now that i see you know the, the the good that i can do for other people it's it's much more fulfilling and much more gratifying than than scoring touchdowns
0: yeah, you uh, educated me a lot because um, I'm definitely <laughs> one of your clients, so, and, uh, so I, I definitely appreciate man. all the knowledge that you give me. Absolutely, especially uh, just educating me on just financial literacy. Absolutely, um, especially man. you know people in our community um, and underrepresented backgrounds. Just man, it's, it's so so important.
1: Yeah, know? absolutely, absolutely, man. It's 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 something that my my parents instilled in me. You know, even though they're 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 immigrants, um, they came from 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 Ghana um, at early ages when they got here they, they saw you know what was going on to their people to, to the African American community and they my dad actually um, when he got enough funds and he got um, the, the, the time to do what he really wanted to do that's kind of where he started to direct his focus and it kind of feels like I'm carrying on the torch now
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, man, you've been through a lot. You're a wise, wise, wise man. (laughs) Do you have, um, you know, just, uh, I really appreciate you coming, you know, and and just just speaking your truth and, you know, telling your story. Do you have any last bit of just like, you know, words of encouragement or or advice just for the listeners or, you know, any athletes going through transitions or people going through just hard times in life? Do you have, uh, you know, any just like last words of, of advice?
1: Yeah. Um... If I could, if I could leave you, leave you all with, 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 um, with one thing, it'd probably be, and and again, this is this is gonna sound cliche, cause like, and and, and kind of cheesy and corny, but you know when I heard it like the first time, I thought the same thing. I was like, man, whatever, you know what I mean. <laughs> but um, it's it's so real and it's so true, and 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 I'm a huge proponent of it. But it's it's really loving yourself. You know what I mean? And really spending the time to understand who you are um, in in this world. You know what I mean? Um, I think we we spend so much time and so much energy trying to please others and so much energy, um, um, you know, wanting to hang out with other people. But that we don't spend a lot of time trying to please ourselves a lot of time trying to hang out with ourselves and do things that we enjoy, you know. Um, I always say, you know, being alone doesn't necessarily mean that you're lonely. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's sometimes in those lonely moments when you really get to look at yourself, you know, like I said, introspectively, and you see who makes up this person. Like, what makes up this person mm-hmm. outside of my job or outside of, you know, this hobby or outside of this crew that I hang out with? Like, what what about Randall Telfer? Um shines in this world mm. you know what i mean i think that you can really find that out in those those moments that you spend with yourself and actually think about it you know what i mean and and i promise you when you when you get that opportunity to do that you're gonna find a love for yourself that um you never you never really would have imagined before um and you know i've told this to a lot of my friends a lot of my people um about this process that i i went through Um, and these experiences that I went through and how I got to this point and, um, they've actually, you know, told me, you know, and I, I decided to do the same thing. And there's a bunch of ways you can do that, whether it's meditating, whether it's journaling, whether it's, um, you know, archery, um, (laughs) could be anything. Um, but any, 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 you know, any vehicle that you can use to, to get to know your, yourself more and learn to fall in love with yourself, I think it, you, you'll be a lot better off. And um, a lot of the things that, you know, you, you, you probably were worrying about before that gave you anxiety before, um, you'll start to see that, you know what, like maybe I can direct that attention and that focus towards myself or towards something that's going to bring me
0: joy or bring me happiness or bring me peace. Oh, man. I got chills. <laughs> well, again, um, Randall, I really, really appreciate you, you know, coming on here. Like I said, speaking your truth. Um, I know your story is going to touch a lot of people out there. So thank you again. Absolutely, man. On. I hope it does. Yeah. So um, if you ever want to get in touch with Randall, all of his information is going to be down below in the, in the description below. So uh, feel free to, to reach out to him, tell him if his, if uh, his story resonated with you or if you just want to just chat with them. But Again, Rando, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Signing out.